0: Well hello there my shiny, happy, cosmically fabulous wanderers. Today's Wanderers Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity snack-sized portion is all about highly sensitive people. Are you a self-proclaimed, highly sensitive person? Do you consider yourself to be a sensitive soul? Do you describe yourself as an empath? Well, on today's Wanderer's Guide, we are going to explore some of the elements that might indicate that we are a highly sensitive person. I will talk briefly about some strategies for keeping yourself in balance while you learn to cope with this beautiful yet complex aspect of yourself. We want to stay in the fullest expression of ourselves, but not drain our energy. I hope you'll stay with me.
1: Align with your best self. Explore the quality of your being step into your capacity to thrive broadcasting from the northwest coast of scotland this is the wanderer's guide to cosmic fabulosity with d w long
0: so here we are and if you've tuned in today to listen to this little discussion about highly sensitive people and you're having the experience of wishing that you weren't one well join the club it is not the easiest life path But there are most definitely some things we can do to develop resilience in the face of feeling everything that we do. So what is high sensitivity personality? Yes, what is it that makes us these highly sensitive people who feel a lot and can sometimes be overwhelmed by what is external to us? Well, we reckon that about 15 to 20% of the population might identify as an HSP, a highly sensitive person. And we can go out into the world and we can find tests to, you know, understand a little bit more about ourselves. You know, sort of standardized tests where we can answer a lot of questions. I have a feeling if you're listening to this. You probably already know that you're one. Yeah, It's not something that we um, wonder about when we have been told our whole lives that we need to be a little bit less sensitive or to man up or whatever the expression is around people like us. And there is a trait known as sensory processing sensitivity that is lined right up with being a highly sensitive person. So we're not going to really be looking at diagnoses here, yeah, because we don't need to be, I don't want to stigmatize the idea of being a highly sensitive person, but oftentimes you can find that people who are identifying as one of these or discovered that they are can have other mental health issues that coincide with being the highly sensitive person when they haven't developed a resilience to holding all of that energetic flow of emotion coming from inside and from without. Now, if you are one or you know one, you know that people who are highly sensitive process information in a very deep way they tend to be more reflective Um, they might take longer to make decisions people will describe them as fickle hello heard that one before Um, you know how come you just can't get it together that kind of thing and the thing is is that highly sensitive people just need to create a buffer in between what's happening cognitively and then the action that they're taking after that so it might take us a little bit more time to kind (laughs) of figuratively get our shit together now, with sensory processing, we notice that, you know, it's very easy to become aroused by noise levels and, and rooms full of people and smells and the environment, um, you know, and so it can make sort of being in places sometimes quite difficult. Highly sensitive people, quite frankly, notice what's going on with other people very acutely oftentimes. And that can be, you know, in alignment and associated with maybe an anxiety diagnosis, right? But the sensitive part, the sensitivity part, I feel like it goes much deeper than just something that the DSM-5 is telling us that we should label someone with. Um, This is actually a beautiful part of our personality, a part of our makeup, but it can be quite difficult to manage. So let's keep exploring here. Sensory overload can happen, you know, from lots of things. We talked about noise and people, you know, people who are highly sensitive can be more sensitive to medicines, to food, to having light sensitivity. And the thing we want to remember is just because we're highly sensitive doesn't mean we're going to necessarily be an introvert, right? There are plenty of highly sensitive people who are on the extrovert end of a personality. And if you are managing your anxiety and you are looking at staying resilient with some skills that we're going to talk about here later on, Being highly sensitive can not necessarily be something that is a deficit to your experience as a human being. It can be, it can add a type of abundance that I can't even put into words here. Like I said, it can be quite hard to hold, but it can also mean that we have some abilities that we can call upon that maybe someone who is less sensitive, you know, and and no, you know, meaning to diminish there might not have. So if you think about an environment, you know, a negative environment, you know, a stressful situation, a courtroom, you know, arguments within a, a family system, that kind of thing, of course, more sensitive people are going to be more negatively impacted by those things than less sensitive people. So you know, I want to stay away from the idea of looking at diagnoses. You know, if you have a therapist, you might have a diagnosis. Um, Anybody who knows me, anyone who heard me speak anywhere, anybody who knows me as a clinician knows that I hate diagnoses. I don't like the stigma that can be attached to them. I don't like the monkey mind that it raises in the brain. And yes, I know it is a tool for us as clinicians to sit and and get a sort of perspective on like what intervention we might bring and and what theoretical perspective we might bring to the table in order to work with. Someone and help them thrive. But we're not diagnosing here. So this idea of sensory processing sensitivity, you know, w- let's not call that a disorder, right? Let's look at a neurological system that's wired differently. Yes, we're simply wired differently. And there is beauty in that. And I'm going to keep emphasizing the fact that if you're a highly sensitive person, there is beauty in your creation. So please, if you're having doubts in this moment, <laughs> stop it, okay? Now, here's the dealio. One quick note, you know, highly sensitive people can sometimes be misdiagnosed. You know, we I, a clinician will look at this person and say, okay, are they cyclothymic? Um, do they have maybe a type of you know, autism? Are they on the ASD spectrum? You know, um, we don't use the term Asperger's or Asperger's anymore, but, you know, people identify with that really well. And so when you're meeting someone who's helping you try to figure out what's going on with you, that might be a misdiagnosis. I mean, it's entirely possible. You don't necessarily uh, appear on the autism spectrum just because you're highly sensitive, right? So in my scrounging around on the internet, I found some um, indicators or traits that you might find with highly sensitive people. So let's look at a few here. So We've already said that people who are an HSP, yes, feel things very deeply and sometimes more intensely than other people, whether that is joy or sadness, yes, it doesn't matter what it is, we feel things more deeply. Um a highly sensitive person means that um we might take huge amount of pleasure in the really simple things in life and you know, someone who's less sensitive might need more of a kick for that. Yeah. You know, a butterfly flies by a highly sensitive person and that person's day could be made. Yes. By the very presence of that beautiful butterfly, a less sensitive person might see that butterfly and be like, oh, cute. And then keep moving. Yeah. These are just examples to some ideas that you might want to think about. Now, whether you're introverted or extroverted, a highly sensitive person, right? Because they or we tend to be more sensitive to, you know, external influences or inputs or triggers. We might need more downtime than, than people who don't have this experience. Yeah. Highly sensitive people. Hello. I can tell you that I thrive in silence. When I have complete silence and I'm able to be in my alone time, that is like plugging in to a battery the size of the Empire State Building. Yeah, silence is really good for my my wee self. So um, if you are a person who needs that kind of nurturing, you know, self-nurturing, embrace it. Don't let anybody tell you that you need to do something different. Sometimes people who are highly sensitive can have difficulty accepting criticism. Yeah. Even gentle, loving criticism, yes, it can it can overwhelm some of us. And, you know, when we learn to not let that happen is when we begin to thrive again and when, when we find that we tap into our resilience. But that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. External influences, the news, films, loud music crowds, right, can create a physiological response. We feel the pain that might be associated with the over-arousal, right, in our bodies in such a way that can be deeply uncomfortable. And people who don't have this experience can sometimes think that we're being dramatic, can be like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why can't you keep it together? Um, You know, we decided we wanted to come to this event, and now you're saying, oh, I'm overstimulated by it. Yeah, yeah. This is what we do in moments like that. We lovingly ignore what that person's saying, (laughs) yeah, and we take care of ourselves, yeah, because it's not easy. It doesn't mean that we're extra, extra special, but we have some things that are challenges for us that we need to make sure that we set ourselves internally in the most nurturing environment we can create with our minds and our hearts, and not let anybody tell us that there's something wrong with us. And one thing that you might find if you are a highly sensitive person or no one is that they we like to keep our circles small we don't have 40 friends we have two friends that are really really good three or four others maybe and then maybe our our life partner you know and then that's it we're set we don't need anything else you know i don't want to be in a stadium full of people who you know i've got to try to like connect with (laughs) and if you're having that experience please be gentle with yourself because all is well nothing's wrong with you it's just the way you're functioning in this lifetime on this life path So here are some ideas that will get you started on what you can do if you want to take good care of yourself, your precious, cosmically fabulous, badass self. Yeah. One thing that I think is really, really helpful, and it's, you know, it might not be for everybody, but it is for me. Adopt a meditation practice. Yeah. Adopt a breathing practice. Um, I'm currently getting certified in Buteco breathing so that I can be a certified instructor. It is a fascinating modality. It's going to add to what I already do as a mindfulness teacher. And so, you know, look into something that's got breathwork involved. Look into developing a practice of meditation. Yes. Now, in alignment with that, because sometimes you have to set a boundary, saying, "I'm about to go do my meditation." Boundary setting is really, really important. And I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to be a little bit um, punchy with it. If people can't accept your boundaries, that's their fill-in-the-blank problem. Yeah. If you you must take good care of yourself if you are a highly sensitive person, in order to be a contribution in the world. Yes, and it's nobody's damn business how you go about doing that. If they think it's weird that you disappear eight times a day to do a two-minute meditation in order to stay balanced, who gives a fill in the blank what they think about that? You've got to do the thing that works for you. So meditation practice, boundaries, you know, how can you find a way to... Emotionally regulate yourself, whatever that is. It might be listening to music. It might be a soothing drink. It might be that walk in nature. It doesn't matter what it is, but developing some way of taking care of yourself. And if that means sitting with a therapist, great, because that's where you're going to get the answers. You've got a good relationship with your therapist, they're going to help you get there. And last but not least, something that you might be surprised about being a highly sensitive person is social support. We need to have people around us who love and care about us. Yes, that we can connect with and say, who I'm suffering or I am like I've got blown fuses all over the place. You know, give me a hand here. Give me your heart. Give me your presence. Yeah, that's really, really important as well. Even if we need our silence and our space, we still need to reconnect because we're designed that way. So in closing, being highly sensitive is complex, is beautiful, Breathe in while you listen to me say that. It is beautiful. And having this kind of enhanced sensitivity can mean that, like I said, a butterfly flies by and we experience joy in ways that other people will never experience. It also means that sometimes when things are difficult, they can be, it feels like the bottom drops out. Yes, you learn to take good care of yourself and you will continue to thrive as a highly sensitive person. And if you haven't already, learn to say no. Yeah, learn to say no to things that you know are going to drain your energy. Yes. And you cannot allow yourself to be burnt out if you do the things that we briefly talked about here. I hope that this short episode, this snack sized portion of The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity, is useful to you. Now you might go out and do some research. Some of you listening to this today might be like, wow, I, I think I might be one of these people. Hey, welcome to the club. It's a party. It's fabulous news that you've been handed here. Nothing wrong with you. Nothing bad is going to happen. You're just going to discover and be more clear about another aspect of your being in the world. So I wish you walking your path in the fullest expression of you. And I hope you'll come back and listen to some more of The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity. Until next time.
1: You've been listening to The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with DW Long. If, like me, you're enjoying what DW has to say, go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep up with future content. I would absolutely love it if you click a star rating or
0: leave a review. That way, I can know that the content I bring here is useful to you.
1: Want to ask a question for a future episode? Click on the link in the show notes to send your question along via DW's website at www.mcscoach.com.